Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Jesus stated in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, that as it was in the days of Noah. We'll find that in Matthew 24 and verse 36 and 37. The day and the hour of the Lord's return. No, not the angels of heaven, but only the Father only knows that time. But we're given the signs of the time. That not the day nor the hour, but the seasons that he will come in. As we take a look at the earth right now, and we look at the various kingdoms of the world, that we see everything that Jesus spoke about the last days are there prevalent in these days. And he said that evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse. And we see that. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. Now, all know that. But he gives us an idea of how it will happen. And he states there in Matthew 24, in verse 37, But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. He didn't say Son of God. He said Son of Man. And that's very important to us because we need to know the Son of Man office and exactly what does that mean when he refers to himself as the Son of Man and also speaking in the third person. In John 3.13, Jesus states that no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. Now Jesus said that while he was talking to his disciples and said that he was in heaven. Now, of course, he is that spirit. We know that. He is the father of glory. He is the El Shaddai, the almighty God. He's the Lord Jehovah, manifest in a body of flesh and blood in the days of his flesh. He's made it under the law. He's going to redeem us under the law. Then he's going to Take him that he is as spirit, that he's always been the spirit of God, the father of glory, the word, the Holy Ghost, and the man that he has become by emptying out of glory, making himself of no reputation, and then coming under that law as a man of Adam. Then he's going to take the ordinances of that law, nail it to his cross, breaking down that metal wall of partition. That is uh, making one new man a quickening spirit. The man, Christ Jesus, who is now glorified by the Father's own self, he is the Holy Ghost. Now with that said, but Jesus said that in these last days, in the coming of the Son of Man, he used the Son of Man because all judgment would be given to the Son of Man, because he is the Son of Man. But Jesus would speak of the Son of Man in the third person. When the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Well, the Son of Man, there is an office that has eluded many different commentators about why the Son of Man. And they say, well, Son of Man refers to the flesh. But yet, if it did, then we would say there was divine flesh in John 3.13. Because Jesus stated, No man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is 
in heaven. While he was stating that truth, standing in front of his disciples, saying that he was in truth in heaven, that he is that spirit. But we see that the Son of Man, speaking in the third person that Jesus did, refers to him as the head, <clears throat> and we, the body of the Christ, the body being of Christ, bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. So it gives us great detail that the Son of Man includes the body of Christ, that we are indeed, in truth, the body of the Christ. And the Son of Man, when the Son of Man cometh, <clears throat> speaks of the parousia, and that is the coming of the Lord. And we see that in Hosea 6, verse 1 through 4. Come and let us return to the Lord. For he hath torn, he will heal us. He hath smitten, he will bind us up. Now that's the true Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the real Jesus. Not a Trinitarian, not a binary, two-ness doctrine, not a oneness doctrine where the man is not God, but has God any, the true Jesus-only doctrine of Christ. That Jesus is that spirit that made himself of no reputation to take on the form of a servant. For our redemption. That office of redemption is the Son of God. That's the blood office of the redemption office of the Spirit. The Father revealed in a body of flesh and blood. But then this Son of Man. The Son of Man, Jesus would speak of it some over 80 times, one of the favorite sayings of the office of the Spirit that Jesus is and how it refers and relates to us, the body of Christ. We are the body of the Christ, and the Son of Man is that Jesus is the head. We are the body of the Christ in the kingdom office of the Spirit. We will grow up into him in all things, in all truth, so that we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Now, he says that it was in the days of Noah. Those are the few things that we need to point out that Jesus referenced referring to Noah and how it would be in the last of the last days. He said, For as in the days that were before the flood, speaking of the days of Noah, verse 38 of Matthew 24, they were eating and drinking, marrying and given in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then he goes on and states what that is. There shall be two in the field. The one shall be taken and the other left. That's not the rapture, my friend. The first that are taking are the tares to be burned. The one that's left are the ones that have been obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. We see that in Hebrews 12. The Lord had promised yet what's more. He's promised. If he promised, he'll do it. 
Yet once more, he shakes not only the earth, as he did in the days of Moses and the exodus of Israel from Egypt, but he shakes not only the earth, he's promised, yet once more, shaking not only the earth, but also heaven, that all that can be shaken may be removed. The ones that are removed are the ones that are taken. And the ones left are the ones that are in the Lord Jesus Christ in truth. So the the nominal church world in a pre-tribulation rapture has it exactly opposite of what the truth is. Because he states there in Hebrews 12, the Lord hath promised yet once more, he shakes not only the earth, but also heaven. Why? That all that can be shaken may be removed, taken, as of things that are made. Every man-made doctrine that is not in the truth will be taken and will fall away, will be shaken, and it will be moved out of the way. That all those things that cannot be shaken, the things of faith, that cannot be shaken, may remain. That's the remnant of her seed, the church, that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. Seeing then that we have a kingdom, the body of Christ, which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Now, there is the work in the last days that he says that they did not know, had no revelation of the work of God that he was going to do in judgment. The stork knows her time. The crane and the swallow observe the time of their coming, but my people know not the judgment of the Lord. All God's ways are perfect. All God's ways are judgment. And when judgment's in the earth, men will learn righteousness. That he is God and there's not another. That's the the revealing or the revelation or the unveiling of Jesus Christ. That he is the only true God in eternal life. The omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent spirit. The almighty, Revelation 1.8. That's the bottom line. But it is noteworthy that no one suspected it. Everyone believes that things will continue as they always were. That seed time and harvest. That somehow, even though we go through a recession or depression, that somehow we're going to come out of it and things will be bright again. None considering that there's an end coming upon the world. The end of this age. And he states that. They had no idea. They were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day. They had no idea of the work of God. We see it in Daniel 12. The wicked cannot understand these things. These things are the things of faith. Only the righteous will know these things. The righteous will not only know these things, but will receive them to the final epoch of being sealed, sealed by the word of God. As it was in the days of Noah, 
that we see that all that God did, he warmed Noah. Why? Because Noah had reached a point with God that he was not carried away with the sins of the world. We see that Noah was perfect in his generation, just as the body of Christ in present truth will be perfect in our generation, the seed generation, the Christ generation, that will be pleasing unto the Lord God. We see that in Genesis, that the generation there in Noah, that God told him what his work was going to be, and judgment. For the Lord said, I will destroy man from whom I have created from the face of the earth. Both man, beast, creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. And Noah knew, just as the body of Christ will know in the coming of Jesus, not the day nor the hour, but certainly the times and the seasons that are given for us to know. And it's upon us now. When God told Noah to the preparing of the ark for the saving of his soul and the family of Noah. And Noah was perfect, just as the generation there, full grown in the present truth, will be in the revelation of Jesus, in the coming of the Lord. Now, the coming of the Lord is a three and a half year, 42 month, time, times, and dividing of a time of the work of the ministry, which we are all called for. It will confirm the covenant, Jesus, with many for one week, a full heptad, a week of years. Jesus was cut off in the midst of the week, three and a half years. And who shall declare his generation? That shall be counted for the seed. And that is that last generation, the generation that Jesus said would not pass away until all these things, all these things in truth, all these things of faith would be accomplished, would be fulfilled. That generation is the last Christ generation that we read about in Matthew 1. There's 42 generations from Abraham to David, 14 generations. From David to the carrying away into Babylon, 14 generations. From the carrying away into Babylon unto Jesus, 13 generations. Of whom is called Christ, the 14th generation. Or that last set of 14, that Jesus is the 41st generation. He fulfilled that three and a half years. There completed everything into the death of death of the cross and affected seven seasons, seven divine appointments of God with man. So far, we have had now, in the shadow of things to come, four in the prophetic calendar that we have experienced. We have experienced the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, the Feast of Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the Feast of First Fruits. The Feast of Passover, Jesus died. 
the feast of unleavened bread. No leaven in him is burial. Declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection from the dead. And then first fruits, Christ. Having the preeminence in all things, the first begotten from the dead. That is revealed to us in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John according to their gospels. Then we go to the second season or the fourth feast, the fourth divine appointment of God with man, Pentecost. You will number seven weeks, seven Sabbaths, seven sevens, after first fruits and on the morrow, Pentecost, 50 days later, after first fruits, and you will have the Feast of Weeks the Feast of Pentecost, two-wave sheaves, which is shadow of things to come, the Feast of Pentecost. We see that in the book of Acts. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we see that Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection from the dead. But then he said, wait for the promise which he said, the promise of the Father which saith he, you've heard of me. The Son of God has now been sent into our hearts, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, Galatians 4, 6. And that is Acts, the second chapter, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, the fourth feast, the second season that Jesus has already paid the price for, shedding his holy, righteous blood and completed all appointments of God with man all seven feasts of the Lord. We have experienced four of them. But now, we see there in Acts, the second chapter, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were in one mind and one accord in that upper room. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. She's not the mother of God, but she did birth the flesh. And uh, she's in the upper room there to receive the Holy Ghost, so she can also be saved too. And we find that exactly at that moment, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, not late, not early, but right on time, according to God's divine appointments with man, his divine calendar, suddenly there came that sound of a rushing mighty wind. Cloven tongues of fire appeared, that on each one of them, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Then, they said, men and brethren, what must we do? Peter, standing up along with the other eleven, said, repent and be baptized. This is a new thing. Not just John the Baptist, water under repentance, saying the sinner's prayer only and you're saved. No. Now we've got to partake of these four feasts in order to be saved. And what is that? Well, we have to repent. As Peter stated, Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. That is the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. For Father's not a name, Son's not a name, and the Holy Ghost name is Jesus. You get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, born of the water, for the remission of your sins. Everyone did that in Acts 2.38. 
Acts 4.12, there's no other name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus is the blood name of God, the Son of God. We believed on that name, Jehovah, is salvation. The Father of glory revealed for the remission of our sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now that took us from death, burial, and resurrection unto the Feast of Weeks, Feast of Pentecost, Acts the second chapter. And then the book of Acts does not end with an amen. Still to be fulfilled for the body of Christ to come into perfection to the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ, God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us, that died in the faith, having never seen the promise, should not be made perfect without us. Paul tells us that in the book of Hebrews. It is noteworthy that, as it was in the days of Noah, Noah means wrath, that Noah was perfect in his generation. So will the body of Christ be perfect in the present truth and walking in the light as Jesus is in the light and we having fellowship one with another, the body of Christ coming together. Fellowship, not denominations strode all over the world, 23,000 different Christian denominations, but only one body of Christ. All coming together in the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, speaking the same thing. Not, well, we have to disagree a little bit somewhere in the word. No, they'll be in one mind and one accord. They will not jostle one against another. Everyone in the cherubim will be straightforward and do the will of God with the body of Christ fitly framed together by the Lord Jesus Christ and then compact it, seal it, according to the measure of every part, the measure of faith given to every member in particular, then in which the every joint supplies, bone to bone, makes a joint. When the body of Christ comes together in the unity of the faith, not fighting one another with discord, divisions, but in the unity of the faith, following the leading of the Holy Ghost and obedience under righteousness, then there will be a great move of God. The Ezekiel 37 bones coming together. This will be before the battle of Gog and Magog in Ezekiel 38 and 39. We see Russia. We see the Iranian proxy. We see all China, Taiwan, Russia, there with the Ukraine. We see all these things moving in the chess pieces as God moves on the hearts of the kings. But it's happening now. The body of Christ must come to the measure of the statue of Jesus in this present truth and the knowledge of these things for them to be sealed, for all of us to be sealed. And that God certainly will do, sealing the servants of the Lord God in our foreheads. He's doing it now. That is very important for us to see and critical to know that Noah was perfect in his generation. When it was then, where those eight souls were saved by water, Noah prepared an ark to the saving of his souls. Then there remained 
40 days and 40 nights that God not only reigned, but the windows of heaven were open and the great deep was broken up. That the waters prevailed above the greatest height of 15 cubits above every mountaintop. And all that had breath died. Only eight souls were saved by water, the like figure. Baptism doth also now save us. But now we have the waters of truth. They're baptisms. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. This he spake of the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified, but now it's given to us, upon whom the ends of the world have come, to walk in the light and season of the light unto all truth, not partial truth, all truth. Pentecost, we saw through a glass darkly. We had knowledge in part. We had uh, that understanding only in a partial. But when that which is perfect has come, charity, in the full image of Jesus Christ unto perfection, then we will know even as we're known of him and be a perfect mirror image of Jesus Christ. And that's what we're all called for and been called of God in the mystery of God's will from the foundation of the world to gather all things together in one in Christ. Jesus prayed that prayer in John 17. Father, make them one, even as we are one, in the days of his flesh. And he said that they may be made perfect in one. That where I am, there they may be also and see my glory. We are now given to know all truth, not partial truth. And we see that because God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. The body of Christ has this treasure in earthen vessels. That the excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourselves. What is it basically telling us? The Lord is that spirit. Who is the Lord? Jesus is. He is that spirit. It's one spirit. And we're called one body, one spirit, one hope of our calling. One faith. And that is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, who's above all, Father of us all. The Father of us all? Yes. Jesus is the Father. And that, from little children, now we're going to young men. The Word of God being strong in us, we must be sealed through the Word of God. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is true. And through the understanding of these things unto the fullness of Jesus Christ. Growing up in him in all things, not partial, in all things. Just as it's stated there in 2 Corinthians 3, the Lord is that spirit. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. That that glory will be veiled in through the body of Christ. The Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. There's the law of liberty. Leading us and guiding us into all truth. And we all with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image. Noah in his day was perfect in his generation. Therefore, God is going to save his soul through the great flood. And as it was in the days of Noah, it's going to happen again in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. That's Jesus ahead and we the body of the Christ. 
We must come unto perfection. We must come to the knowledge of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what he said. We all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, not seeing through a glass darkly, in partial truth, but seeing through a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the very same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. And these are the things coming upon us in all truth through the Holy Ghost that we no more walk as children. Paul stated that in 1 Corinthians 13. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. But whenever I put on that charity, charity, charity is not love. That is a fallacy. Love, God is love. Charity is the love that we have as a body of Christ for God based in doing his will. Now that's charity. Not a hearer of the word, but a doer. Not loving God in word and tongue, but in deed and in truth. That's charity. Charity is obedience and it rejoices in the truth. Think of not his own, not puffed up. Bought him not itself. Rejoices in the truth. And in the truth, growing up into Jesus, in all truth, you've added to your faith virtue. That you're virtuous unto the Lord God. You're truthful. And you add to your virtue knowledge. People perish for lack of knowledge, but you have grown in knowledge. And in the scriptures, which are well able to save us. You have not been conformed to this world. You've been transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you could prove that perfect will of God, working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Or it's God working in you, both the will and the do of his good pleasure. You've done the will of God. You're young men. The word of God is strong in you, and you've overcome the wicked one. Now, those, as it was in the days of Noah, they prepared an ark for the saving of their souls, and that now is the priest's chambers. The priest's chambers are what that we have prepared to enter into our chambers. God said, my people enter into thy chambers that you have prepared for yourself through the word of God in obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness, until the indignation be overpassed. Hide yourself there. Hid in the cleft of the rock in your priest's chambers. The treasures of the Lord's are priest's chambers. And that's in Christ. Are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And this is sealed up among God's treasures. You're it. By revealing these deep and secret things of God and the glory of God in and through you, the body of Christ. For the Lord will judge his people. That's what God will do in the last days, Deuteronomy 32. For the Lord will judge his people and repent himself of the evil of the tribulation. When he sees uh, their powers gone, you are now not in any of the fleshly power. You're in Holy Ghost power. You have mortified the deeds of the flesh. Your power's gone. You've got Holy Ghost power. Because when you're weak, then you're strong. And there's none shut up or left. God said he would shut them up. 
He said that in Deuteronomy 32. For what reason? For all would know that Jesus Christ is God and God alone. And there's not another. He says, I know not any. There's no God beside me. There's no Jesus, the man, standing beside God. That's a place he prepared for the body of Christ. You'll see that in Revelation 3.21. Him that overcome it, that's where we are now. Simply through obedience unto righteousness, in Revelation the second and third chapter, is where we, the body of Christ, are right now presently. To those that have an ear, to hear what the what the Spirit is saying to the churches. We're there. Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea. And any problem that we have in a church that we're not finding our works perfect unto the Lord Jesus, he tells us in one of those seven churches what the problem is. For us to be perfect, as it was in the days of Noah, Noah was perfect. The body of Christ must be perfect. Walking in the light is ease in the light. The body of Christ having fellowship one with another. Knowing them that labor among us. Not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, but growing up into him in all things and all truth. The new things, the new wine, it must be put in a new wine skins, making yourselves vessels of honor, meat for the master's use in the work of the ministry. God is doing it now. The ones that have an ear to hear, their eye is single on the Lord Jesus Christ. They're not looking to some prophet to get a word or some bishop to tell them what's going to happen in their lives. They're seeking the Lord God for the will of God in their lives. And the ones that do are the ones that are going to be the ones, meat for the master juice. They will be vessels unto honor. The body of Christ then will have this treasure in earthen vessels. And the treasure will be the glory of God revealed in and through the body of Christ for the full Jesus ministry for three and a half years, 42 months, time times dividing by time, 1,203 score days. That is the fulfilling of the revelation of Jesus Christ in and through the body of Christ in his coming. Watch it in Hebrews 6. Paul warns us. He said, therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Don't forget them, but leave them. Not laying, let us go on to perfection. Not laying again the foundation of faith toward God, repentance from dead works, the doctrines of baptism, laying on the hands, and a resurrection, eternal judgment. This will we do if God permit. Let us go on unto perfection. Because then he goes into the Melchizedek. Hebrews 5, 6, and 7, what we are called for in the work of the ministry and the role priesthood that the body of Christ must enter into. Perfect in that we have believed the word of God in present truth, walking in the light as he's in the light, and the path of the just is as a shining light, shining more and more into the perfect day. We're walking in that light, and God expects us to know this present truth, not Pentecost not being Pentecostals, but in this season of tabernacles, we being tabernacleists, not Pentecostals, but tabernacleists. Who will hear for this time to come? Oh, that they were wise, that they would consider or know their latter end to the law. 
and to the testimony. If any speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. You're either in the present truth or you're backslidden. To the law, that's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. To the testimony, that's the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. And only those that are perfect to the full measure of the statue of Jesus will be for the work of the ministry. Those that he did according to the foreknowledge of God, whom he did foreknow, them he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, not in the sweet by and by. Now, before the second coming of the Lord, that they will be two grinding in the field. One will be taken, the other will be left. That will be the remnant of the seed that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. Why? Because we have not been removed. All those uh, that were a man-made doctrine, when God shakes the heaven and the earth, will be removed out of the way. Hebrews 12. As of things that are made, man-made doctrines, man-made apologetics, man-made Jesus, man-made gospel, will be literally removed out of the way so that those that cannot be shaken or removed may remain. That's us, the remnant. Seeing then that we have a kingdom which cannot be moved. Nothing can move you. Let us have grace, whereby we may serve God with reverence and godly fear. For God is this consuming fire, and the consuming fire will overturn the earth. When God arises to do this act, his strange act, and bring to pass his work, his strange work, it has surprised the hypocrite just like it surprised the people in the days of Noah. They had no idea. They were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage. They had no idea. They think everything continues as it was and everything's just fine not realizing the signs of the time and not only walking in the light as Jesus is in the light. On our present state of affairs in the word of God, in the truth of the faith that's now delivered to the saints for our sealing. And that's the reason why in 19th of January, 2019, I had a visitation from the Lord that shocked me. I've only had three visitations from the Lord in my tenure in ministry of close now 50 years. And coming out of that Maasai tribal church in Transmedia, Kenya, Africa, the Lord said, seal my people by my word. Well, I'm thinking, well, seal, but he didn't stop there. Even as I sent my angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. That's a Revelation 7 sealing, my friend. The body of Christ has to come together, fitly framed together, and God will compact it. According to what? The measure of every part. Everyone will be doing their exact calling and 
will of God for it to be a dynamic force in uh, the revelation of Jesus in and through the body of Christ in the coming of the Lord in the rain, former and latter rain. And it is upon us now. God's doing it now. If they will, will we, we have, we, we come out of this uh, leftist woke ideology, will it, friend, evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse. We think it's going to get better. The government's not going to save any of us. The Lord will. We have to prepare, not through the physical things of this life, but set our affections on the things above and seek, keep first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these other things will be added to you. God meant it. What he said, said what he meant. He's doing it now. What is this judgment? It's a sealed up among God's treasures. Deuteronomy 32. Peter said it also in his epistle. Judgment must first begin at the house of God. But my people know not judgment. The ones that do will prepare these priest chambers to the saving of their soul, just as Noah did in the ark to the saving of his soul and his family. The key there, Noah was perfect in his generation. In the present truth, he was pleasing to God. We in the body of Christ must be perfect in our generation in order to be used for the work of the ministry. What will God do? Well, he's coming. Coming to us as a rain, the former and the latter rain. After the second day, he'll revive us. But we're in the third day now. And in the third day, I'll raise you up and you'll live in my sight. You're going to add to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, the God life, and godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity. That is the will of God walking in the light as he's in the light unto perfection. Charity is full grown. That's the reason charity will cover a multitude of sins. That's the reason charity is the bond or guarantee of perfectness. Because you are full grown in Christ. Charity, not being a hearer of the word, but a doer. Not loving God in word and in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Walking in the light as he's in the light. Charity. And that is that final epoch, the final glory that will be revealed in through the body of Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And those two in the field want to be taken the other left. The remnant have received to keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus will be what is left here in the earth where all the sinners will be gathered and burned. And it says that there in Matthew 24 that there would be two women grinding at the mill. Well, we're grinding at the mill now. We're grinding at the mill. There'll be no more after God destroys Babylon. There'll be no more grinding at the mill. They're grinding. We're taking the good word of God and they're making a fine flour out of the wheat and barley. We're grinding that word and meditating upon it, being led of the Holy Ghost into all truth. In all things. In all things of faith so that we're not tossed to and fro by everyone of doctrine. 
because the seducing spirits will be let out in Revelation 9 under the fifth trumpet, and there will be many spirits there of Baton and Apollyon that will be the destroyer, that if we do not have the seal of God in our foreheads, that we will be deceived. And it will be as it was in the days of Noah, just as Jesus said. These locusts ascending out of the bottomless pit will be there only to hurt mankind that have not the seal of God. Thank God we will have the seal of God. But they don't have the seal of God. They will be hurt by these locusts for five months. That's this plague of a locust, which is exactly the 150 days or five prophetic months that the waters prevailed upon the earth through the flood of Noah. As it was in the days of Noah, there God destroyed all mankind that all that had breath, except Noah for the saving of his soul because he prepared an ark. The same will be true. There in these days that we will prepare the ark for the saving of our souls. That that ark now, that will be 300 cubits long is the number of the man-child. 30 cubits high is the price of blood, which is a 30 is the number of the year of the high priest taking his office. We're that royal priesthood. So Noah's ark and the thing in this dimension is 300 cubits long, 30 cubits high, 50 cubits wide, the 50 being the number of the move of the Holy Ghost is the body of Christ in perfection in this present day truth, not Pentecostal. So important, not Pentecostal. We've left that season. We're in the third season now. We're in the third day. That's tabernacleist. That's not Pentecostal. Pentecostal staying there will be plenty lost. They've got to move higher. We have to walk in the light as he's in the light in present truth, in the tabernacle glory, which is last season, the third season, has three feasts in it, and it's a feast of trumpets. That is the ministry voice of Jesus that we, the body of Christ, will carry out for three and a half years, 42 months, time, times, and a half, 1,203 score days. God's doing it now. Tune into these podcasts. We will be going deeper in the Word of God. Strive to enter in at that straight gate. Lest their promise slip any of us, we should seem to come short of entering into his rest. We are now coming to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ and to a perfect man. And that those that he did foreknow, he did predestine to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And those that he predestined, them he called. Them he called, many called, few chosen. Them that he called, he justified. Justification by faith. Is that all? No. And those that he justified, them he also glorified. Our vile body being fashioned like his glorious body, whereby he's able to do all things unto himself. A final glorification, in which that Jesus coming to us as the rain, former the latter rain, that last great rain of his strength, revealing the glory of God through the Jesus ministry, the work of the ministry, three and a half years. You'll see it in Revelation 10, Revelation 11, Revelation 12. Let's don't miss out. Give me a call. The body of Christ is coming together. I need to hear from you, and we need to come together. 
Now, call me. Leave a message. I'll get right back to you. The country code is plus one. Area code 903-746-4885. God's calling you. Who will hear for the time to come? The body of Christ is coming together. Please leave a message. I'll call you back. Please let me know your name and phone number. I will get back to you. The body of Christ coming together. Again, my country code plus one. 903. I'm in the United States of America. 903-746-4885. Or you can write to me. Dennis Beard, Post Office, Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. You can message me at dennisbeard.org. Also, sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com. And also, join me on our private website, jcic.tv, where you can register, get your username, password, allowing you to ask questions, and also give your comments to other ministers and believers in this great last day truth. Also, download our podcast. There we have our free app, Sealing God's People, where we do our daily podcast on Sealing God's People. Well, there God perfect that which is lacking in each one of us, that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord, both spirit, soul, and body. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold the real Jesus.